For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. everybody this is in liberty and health episode 18 i'm pretty stoked to have on pete cunones hopefully i said that right you're fine it's <laughs> it's, it's close it's yeah. pretty close yeah we I mean, were... i've known scott horton for five years and he still can't get it right so yeah well i i don't think it's necessarily just scott horton there might be something else going <laughs> <laughs> if, if i know scott and i've only met him once but uh i've, I've heard plenty of stories about uh people's first time meeting him <laughs> Hanging out with him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, nothing illegal, right? Nothing illegal. Uh, it, you know, none of my business. Nothing that shouldn't be illegal. <laughs> yeah. that should, well, nothing that should be illegal. <laughs> well, uh, so you know what? I kind of wanted to talk to you specifically about this. I was just your uh, podcast today with uh, oh, whoever the hell it was, but um, I think it was entitled "Social Media is a Necessary Evil." Oh, it's Steppy. Yeah, 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 and. It's really interesting to see all these leftists, and I'm pretty sure you said something to the same degree too, but leftists essentially became bordertarians overnight. If you look at all the mainstream yeah. news, yeah. <laughs> you, you cross this imaginary line, which doesn't matter when it applies to countries, but as soon as it's a state and it's someone defending yeah. themselves, now all of a sudden the borders matter. I was arguing with one of my leftist friends about uh, this, and he was saying, oh, well, because he uh, crossed the state line with a gun. People died. You know, he broke the law. And I was like, you don't see how this like applies to the George Floyd case, which you were outraged about. And it just went completely over his head. Like both these people didn't really do anything that harmed anybody. I understand Kyle Rittenhouse killed somebody, but like, you know, we're, if we just interpret it as him carrying a gun over a state line, he didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, you just look at that and then, okay, yeah arbitrarily he did something wrong but then you leave out the fact that someone hit him with a fucking skateboard <laughs> like, uh, what the fuck or someone pointed a gun at him yeah that's that's kind of an important detail when we get down to the fact that someone died like you, you can't just say well he he broke the law you know does that mean he no longer has a right to defend himself <laughs> i mean even as late as friday i think the verdict came down on thursday yeah. And as late as Friday, there was some blue check mark um, in the gaming industry. I think he said he, he was the voice of EA Sports or, or the voice of PlayStation or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Um, he did this whole long thing about that. And then the last thing was, and, you know, three people, three black people had to die because of it. And it's like, all right. 
And I'm almost convinced at this point, I w- there's a, <clears throat> a tweet that a New York state uh, politician put out today talking about um, how insurance companies should be able to deny people who don't get the vaccine. And as I look through, as somebody who is familiar with bots on Twitter, mm-hmm. like knows people who have bots on Twitter and knows that they can act human. I was looking through the comments there and everyone who agreed with him, it was pretty much bot. Uh, I read them as bots. Mm-hmm. The The accounts just read as bots as you know what I'm used to seeing by, by people that I know who are, um, you know, who have bots on, who have bot accounts on Twitter, multiple bot accounts on Twitter. Um, these are easy to set up and program. And yeah, it was, I mean, I, I was just looking through them and I was like, I don't know that I see a, it seemed like the only people who were real were the people who were, you know, absolutely telling this guy to go fuck himself. <laughs> and it seemed like everybody else was a bot. I mean, the following, the followers was like, okay, they're following 85. They're following, you know, 4,000 people. They're being followed by 30 people. And it's like an 11 year old account. Mm-hmm. That's just like perfect example of bot stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, is social media, I mean, I think social media is like a really harmful. I think it's really harmful to most people. I think that mm-hmm. People can get caught up in it. Um, I know I've gotten caught up in it the past, in the past, and I'm trying to just back off from it, use it as a platform to advertise and things like that, and um, to make statements. But try to stay stay out of. You know, I, I have a resolution that I'm a New Year's resolution that I've started early. <laughs> I'm just not trying to, you know, not trying to argue with people on my mm-hmm. side unless they're complete fucking idiots. Yeah, oh, well, there's who, there's yeah, quite a few of those. <laughs> yeah, people that, you know, it's amazing that you can really like agree with someone 90%, mm-hmm. but that 10% is so fucking out in left field. And you're just like, what the hell, man? I could, yeah. how can I, I, I don't know that definitely you're not going to be in my covenant community. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. You got some problems. So, so what you're saying is, it's okay to post taxation as theft memes all day, every day, and think that you're doing God's work doing that. I mean, <laughs> doing. I, I, I every, threw that super chat at you guys yeah, when yeah. I, you were doing that show. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, um, a, a taxation as theft meme, mm-hmm. you know, something, you know, something that's um, at least clever mm-hmm. yeah, is, is good to put out there and everything, but just. I mean, there are a lot of libertarians and I am talking about like people who have a following mm-hmm. who are living in 2008 and 2012. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. This is a huge thing when it comes to the vaccine mandates. And I've thought about this a lot lately, especially after kind of listening to what you've been saying a lot recently. There's so many libertarians that are interpreting this in a vacuum. And that's the best way I can put it. They're looking at the vaccine mandate as well, look, private businesses are just doing this, but like, have you like completely forgot what's happened over the last two years? At some point, we as libertarians are going to have to adjust to the facts on the ground, and they may not always be so that we get to the conclusions that we want, but 
you know, it, it is what it is at some point. Eventually, you have to determine whether or not what you're doing right now is getting you towards your goals or if it's not. And I even think about this when it comes to health stuff. Um, people will put up a post and say, how do I lose weight? And people will just say, caloric deficit, caloric deficit, caloric deficit. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, you're right. But it's the same deal when people ask, well, how do we achieve liberty? And people just start posting memes and shit posting, thinking that they're doing something to spread the message, which, okay, nobody is necessarily wrong in that equation, but there's nothing actionable there. And you haven't given anybody anything to really do. So just saying taxation is theft or caloric deficit doesn't, like I said, there's nothing actionable there. So, okay, if taxation is theft, then what do we do about it? Or, you know, if you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, what does that look like? What's what's the goal here? You know, what's our plan? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of one trick ponies mm-hmm. and absolutely in, in libertarianism where it's just like and I used to be one of those people, you know, it's like and well, I mean, I guess for the longest time up until COVID, I was a no solutions guy. Mm-hmm. I was a theory guy. It was like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be the best at libertarian theory that I can possibly be. Then COVID happens and I'm like, okay, what, what, what in libertarianism can we use to get out of that? You know, to, to prevent this. And I'm like, agorism seems really smart a really smart thing. And I was like, sure. You know, so I'm big on crypto and I am, big on growing your own food. Um, we've mm-hmm. started doing that. Nice. And, you know, so I think that's awesome. But I also don't think that's going to take down the state. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who tell me that if you just, you know, hodl Bitcoin, and only Bitcoin, and that's going to take down the state. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not making fun of them. I uh-huh. they, these are some of these people I, I honestly respect. I mean, yeah, I, right. I, they're friends of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I'm like, okay. it's the South Park thing. It's like A, collect underpants, B, and then C, the state, you know, would defeat the state. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, I mean, just keep buying it? I mean, yeah. I, I, I've yet to have anyone try to, you know, explain to me, um, how that, how that's going to work. And then you have like, um, people, you know, the people who are, you know, just, you got to get active on social media. Social media is a great platform. I mean, and do it, do it, do what you're best at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always, and that's another thing I'm active on social media. I do all of that. And then you can, um, I think that, you know, Hoppe talking about local political action, especially in red areas, I, I don't see, I don't see the flaw in, in that idea. I mean, there's obviously it's not going to work perfectly. You're going to have to adjust things as you go along and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, play to the facts on the ground. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, it's not going to, um, you know, and I, and I, I mean, I get straw men all the time on that. It's yes, like, you do. Oh, you think, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you oh, do. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh! You think you're the first person to come up with with running with running Republicans? Well, Justin Raimondo ran ran against Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco. In San Francisco? 
well, he's retarded. He was retarded. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things. We're talking about sitting down and drawing up plans for places that are amenable to the message, mm -hmm. and focusing on those places and using those places as test cases. And then you have people who are like, "Well, we need to restart the Ron Paul revolution." Okay, I mean, I, and you know what? I hope it works. Those are people that I like. Those are people that I respect. Those, those are people I love. It's not 2008 and 2012 anymore. Right. And you know what? I, I've I've watched a lot of your podcasts over the last couple of months, and I've seen your kind of evolution in this thinking. And this whole post-libertarianism thing, I don't see it as necessarily contradictory to the reawaken the Ron Paul revolution, you know, wake up the remnant. I don't see these two as conflicting goals. And I think a lot of people approach it as it has to be a conflicting goal. But, okay, why can't you work with your local guys? Why can't you develop your wealth, power, and influence? Um, my thing with this show is that I really want to get more libertarians to be more interesting people. I don't want, you know, people who just have all their eggs in the basket of libertarianism. You and I were shooting the shit before the show about, you know, music and stuff like that. But, you know, if I can't podcast, then I can play music. If I can't play music, I can go exercise and talk about fitness. Um, I'm a mechanic for a living. And then obviously I'm a libertarian as well. Well, you know, how are we ever going to get a mass awakening of people? And how are we going to influence more people to be libertarians if they just look at us and see a bunch of people that scream about Rothbard and read about the state all day, every day without anything or anybody interesting in the movement. Like I said, it's it's great if you can recite every word of Mises or Rothbard, but if you got nothing else going for you, why the hell is anybody going to listen to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, and, you know, when I look back at the first, say, two and a half years of my podcast, it was, okay, here's what libertarianism is. Let's talk about libertarianism. We threw some culture stuff in there. There's nothing practical in there, you know, and then you, there are certain people that you will bring up I mean, very, very smart people. And I'm not talking about like um, real thought leaders, but people you'll mm. see arguing on Twitter all day and they'll be like, well, libertarianism is an ought. It's not an is. And it's like, well, this is the way it's, it ought to be, but it mm -hmm. doesn't have an, it doesn't have an answer, a practical answer. And I'm like, that sounds like, a circle jerk to me. <laughs> I mean, it, just, yeah. it does. I mean, right. a circle jerk could be fun. I mean, that's cool, you know. I mean, <laughs> but it's what is that done? I mean, okay, so liber. I mean, Austrian economics is over. Got over a hundred years old. Hundred thirty, hundred forty years old. Mm -hmm. um, even even more. Um, libertarianism, as we know it, you know, Rothbard really starts putting it together, you know, the non, um, the non-economic part of it, the philosophy of it, you know, 40s, starts in the 40s, goes into the 50s, and then it brings it forward and Hoppe hops in and I think expands it even further. Um, with the exception of some of the stuff that Hoppe, with a lot of what Hoppe has talked about in What Must Be Done and in Democracy, the God That Failed, and um, Rothbard's paleo strategy in the 90s mm. no one has a I mean or you know, except for I mean every Bitcoiner is screaming right now all you got to do is hold man just keep buying every week <laughs> and all you got to do is hold it's so amazing yeah. to me it's like 
it's to me, when someone tells me all you have to do is do this and nothing else. I mean, like literally, I mean, that sounds like controlled opposition to me. Someone who's telling me, someone who's telling me just let politics go, just let them get as much power as possible. (laughs) Don't do, don't do anything about it. Let the culture devolve into, you know, I mean, where it's, gay marriage, um, transgenderism, and now people openly talking about pedophilia. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin solves this, right? I mean, I, maybe it does, but show me how. Well, it seems like a lot of these Bitcoiners and I am not privy to Bitcoin all that much. Um, I don't want to even say I'm necessarily a gold bug, but, um, I don't see the solution in Bitcoin as much as the Bitcoin people do. I think it is a little bit of a hype train. I think it's a, probably a little bit of a bubble. And that's not to say I don't see any utility in it. I see utility of the network. But there's so many people that, like you said earlier, one trick ponies. It's just like you said, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. Okay, well, it, it goes back to the whole culture thing. If you have a culture of people just yelling at everybody telling people oh fiat's junk buy bitcoin buy bitcoin well you know that's fine and maybe that can transfer over into something but once again what's what's the end game here if we just hodl forever what are you supposed to do just let every other aspect of society collapse and well look i got bitcoin but i can't even access it because the power grids are down because you know nobody wants to work or nobody wants to do that kind of work what where's you know or it's forbidden or, or government has forbidden businesses to accept it or something. Right. So you're just, so now you're operating in a black market. I mean, is that really what you want to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that optimal? I mean, I've operated in the black market a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> you know, it's a pain in the ass. If you have an illegal business, I mean, I had an illegal business at one point. Mm-hmm. I literally had to pay off cops in order to do it. I literally had to pay off cops in order to get away with it. And it wasn't anything dangerous. It Mm -hmm. wasn't something that I was going to get in a gunfight over with anybody or anybody was going, I mean, potential to rob me or something like that, because I dealt with all cash, obviously. But yeah, there was nothing. And now the Bitcoiner goes, well, if you would have had Bitcoin, see, you would have had your own (laughs) keys and they couldn't have robbed you of anything. I mean, (laughs) at least some of them have accepted that it's a religion. That, that's yes. the good thing is some of the people, some of the jihadis I know on Twitter, the Bitcoin jihadis, um, oh you know, who God, like, who must, who like must have, like, I'm convinced that there are Bitcoin maximalists who have mm-hmm. um, searches set up. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know how you can have um, set it for certain terms and you'll get a, um, a notification when the topic comes up. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you there's like ET, there's a bunch of people who have it set up for ETH. BCH or BCC. And then it's just, oh, I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to tell them what a fucking idiot they are. All right. That's a great sales pitch. It's a well, so, great sales pitch. So I see so many libertarians ripping on Peter Schiff and it's like, that dude's gone on to Joe Rogan four times. His podcast is huge. The dude's fucking hilarious. He's, yes, a he's gr- funny as fuck. Oh, yeah. And he is so great at boiling down Austrian economics. And I mean, Austrian economics is pretty intuitive. At least it was for me. That dude will make you understand anything economic. Like he could probably teach it to like a five-year-old. And because he doesn't like Bitcoin, 
throw him out you know oh f- fuck peter schiff you know look at his kid his kid's making fun of him like let's not throw the fucking baby out with the bathwater here you know how many people this dude's probably turned over to being libertarians are, are you sure you want to you know just because you're a bitcoin pumper and bitcoin maximalist you know just because somebody disagrees with you on one thing like you were saying earlier you know you agree with this person on probably like 90 percent of things not like you know you guys are that far apart but just because he doesn't believe in bitcoin you know now fuck him you know the peter shift's terrible like you guys are ridiculous um Uh, i mean this is i mean and this is something you you see it all the time and mm -hmm. it's and a lot of these same people i i would assume that a lot of these same people would be like you know libertarians should stop all the infighting because the um you know, how it looks to people on the outside. Well, how does that look to people on the outside? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I know this sounds like really metaphysical and like, like hooey or something, but I honestly believe, because I see myself doing this all the time, mm-hmm. that the thing that pisses us, people, pisses us off as individuals the most is when we see ourselves in other people. When we see like the worst of ourselves in other people. And we like, you know, it's like, if you're, you know, if somebody's like really, you know, attacking your ideology or something like that, and it's like, it's got you like white knuckled or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you're somebody who attacks other people's ideologies on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I don't think that that is a, um, I think a lot of what upsets us is the stuff that we're guilty of ourselves. I've seen mm-hmm. that in the past a lot with a lot of people, including myself. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely all guilty of it, of the purity tests and you see somebody you don't agree with something on and you just want to fucking whack them down at the first chance you get. And I work with all boomer cons and this is kind of something I wanted to talk to you about as well. Um, It's very upsetting because... I was a former former neocon essentially back to blue they hate us for our freedom let's go play in the sand <laughs> oh my god thank you yes essentially <laughs> um i was that way five six years ago i considered myself a libertarian i actually consider myself an anarchist because i was like get back okay, on your mic just theft. Okay. get back on your mic oh i'm sorry um i consider myself an anarchist taxation is theft um you know the non-aggression principle all that stuff but oh no war's good back to blue you know police are just doing their job whatever and it was over these last couple of years where i realized how trump essentially exposed a lot of right-wingers for being just completely unprincipled people and I feel like a lot of libertarians haven't called this out in the way that they should have. They don't attack the right from the right because you have these left-leaning libertarians who just re because it's Donald Trump and okay, you could bitch about him, but like we need to, like I said, attack the right from the right, the Scott Horton thing, right from the right, left from the left. You need to call him out for being not a financial conservative. You need to call him out for not ending the wars like he said he was going to do. Um, losing the trade war and lying about the jobs numbers when he knew they were a farce when he's a candidate all the stuff he said as a candidate he sounded almost like an austrian guy if you listen to him talk you know the stock market's a bubble with held up by zero percent interest rates um you know if they raise interest rates this whole economy's gonna come crashing down and then he gets in he flips a dime and you know now everybody still loved him um this kind of goes to 
how the left a lot of the time will eat their own. If you're not woke enough, if you're not there, sometimes, not all the time, but they'll they'll destroy you. They'll go right the fuck after you. The right doesn't seem to do the same thing. Uh, when Trump said, take the guns first, due process second, and ban bump stocks, <laughs> there was not a single right winger who called him out for that. But you know who took a huge hit for it? Dan Crenshaw. But Dan Crenshaw just said, maybe we should talk about red flag laws. Okay, I'm fine with, you know, beating him up for that. But though Trump literally said, take the guns first, due process second, then ban bump stocks and wanted to talk about banning silencers and nobody batting an eye. I, I would even talk to my boomer con friends and coworkers about this. So I said, oh, he's throwing a bone to the left. To the left? These people hate him. They hate you. They hate me. They hate all blue collar people. And you want to throw them a fucking bone? No. You don't placate people who want you dead. You no, you absolutely just, you not. You destroy them. Right, you destroy them. Um, one of the problems that a lot of the people who um, were Trump fans became Trump fans in 2015 and 2016 is that they were non. They hadn't been political before. They, I am convinced that a lot of them were just a lot, a lot of centrists, a lot of people who looked at it from. You know, looked at it from a distance, didn't know that you know Barack Obama started seven or eight wars, yeah. um, didn't know, just didn't know anything about politics. So they come in and they don't know squat. I mean, they mm. actually believe that Trump can go in there and change something. <laughs> and you know, this is one thing that you know, it's one of the reasons I'm I've become a lot more right wing. I've become a lot more right wing in, in my mm -hmm. politics. And um, you know, I pretty much consider myself like a, a 1776 kind of, you know, that era kind of person. You know, if you mm -hmm. want, if I describe my politics, it'd be like, fuck, you know, fuck everyone. Let's break this down and get it smaller. Um, mm -hmm. The Articles of Confederation were, were good they weren't nearly they didn't break it down as nearly it didn't need to be 13 colonies it needed to be you know 5,000 colonies at that point mm -hmm. or you know 3,000 colonies at that point but that whole idea back then of just living your life and get away from most people back then considered cities to be just absolutely horrifying you know just the places that banker you know that the worst of the worst lived and everything and i think we really need to get back to that um but you know it's what what i find out when i talk to right wingers is that i'm so much better a right winger than any of them and they're yeah. not even right wing and they're not yeah. smart they're not smart at all i mean <laughs> this um and i'm talking about people who are like pundits i mean people who are running for office you know mm -hmm. the guy in your in your state sean parnell yep that um that i i was on tim pool with you know i mean i it, he never contradicted anything i said the whole night right. and i was and and i went on there going i'm gonna just my my rights mm -hmm. my right wing side is going to be on full display for this whole thing the only thing that was really funny to me about that whole show was that as soon as you brought up china the room went silent <laughs> as soon as you're like and the best way i can describe the china situation as far as i could tell is that let's say there really was to be war rising tensions more so than there already is 
this is like two houses of cards blowing air at each other, seeing who falls over faster. And honestly, I think China would probably collapse faster, but we would not be far behind at all. But as soon as you brought up that point, uh, um, and I tell people this all the time now because all my BoomerCon coworkers are, oh, China, 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 China. Like your government just locked you in the house for two years and you're worried about China. Like, dude, 30% of their agriculture is still done by hand. Like we do not do that here. So it's such like Maybe a it's, it's such a false flag well yeah and you know, it's one of those things that you know scott scott horton told me that it was great when i went into china because i it wasn't like i was some leftist who was saying don't worry about china no mm -hmm. what was i saying the whole episode we have to destroy the left yeah and so it's like so it comes to china it's like i'm not fucking scared of china mm -hmm. look at listen, listen to how listen how sad they are I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's so amazing that, um, that people have really bought into this and, you know, it's like, and I've been saying this since, right from the beginning yeah. to anyone, anyone who listens to Steve Bannon on a regular basis, I want to know what his business interests in are, are, are in China because mm -hmm. he lived on a boat for a long time with a Chinese billionaire. I want to know what his business interests, I want to know what his ties to China are because mm -hmm. the way he talks about the Chinese government, he has an ax to grind. And the Chinese government may be the worst government in the world. I don't think it is, but they may be the worst government in the world. But I have, I, I have two people. I have a friend who lives there who I've had mm -hmm. on my show. He's lived there for 25 years. And then um, going back and forth with somebody who helped me with the payment system, an American who helped me with the payment system on my website. He lives in China. He's lived in China mm -hmm. for a while. They love living in China. And they absolutely love living in China. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And yeah, and then there's so much about oh Taiwan and everything. And Andrew Popular Liberty has done a great job on his show of explaining that I think it's only April and October that ships could you'd have to go in by you'd have to go in by sea. And the water off of off of Taiwan is only navigable in two months out of the year. The rest of the time it's going to scuttle ships. And so if you go in there in April, you're stuck. Unless you mm -hmm. get that done like this, you're stuck. I mean, there's no, no one's, there's no fight going to happen over Taiwan. Mm -hmm. If anything happens over Taiwan, it's not going to be something military. It'll be something economic. And the United States isn't going to, if it's an economic war, I mean, they have a, um, an anti-missile system in Boeing, in, um, in, I gave it away, in Taiwan that, is to repel Chinese missiles if they were sent. It's made by Boeing. I mean, it's an Amer it's an American thing. I mean, mm. If if they invade, it would be like invading America. It's not. Mm. This isn't going to happen. And even if it did happen, I don't give a fuck. You know, what are we going to do? Have a fucking war over Taiwan? Yeah, and my my barber brought this up to me once, and he's a phenomenal dude. But I think he spends a little too much time on QAnon. Love the dude dearly, but um. <laughs> he he brought up to me when I was kind of explaining I'm like dude this China stuff Trump like blew this completely out of the water and it really ramped up a lot of tension in the people and I always make the joke that uh if Trump would have said let's go to war with China there would be a million 20 year old kids on the side of the highway tying up their boots to go to war um I, I told him like dude we are already an overstretched empire there is no way that we could facilitate defending Taiwan. I mean, look at everything that's going on right now. 
do you really think we have an obligation to go defend Taiwan? I, I don't see it as feasible. not even a member of NATO. There's no pact. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you want to you know, go by you know, the government's own rules, there's no pact. Mm-hmm. They're not a member of NATO. I mean, this is, I mean, I don't think they're a member of NATO. I mean, I think NATO is completely European. That doesn't make any sense. It's just, I don't know. I just don't care. I don't, you know, the, the thing to worry about with China is that they don't trade with us anymore. Right. Because, <laughs> well, look at our trade deficit. And that Harvard was one business yeah. school, mm-hmm. Harvard Business School throughout the 80s. What did they teach? They taught all the future CEOs to outsource your manufacturing to China. It'll be a lot cheaper, even when, when it has to be shipped back over here. I mean, that's the problem is localization is we need to start building here and building stuff here again. I mean, why not? Yeah. And that's why an not? excellent point. Um, you're in kind of the rust belt, just like me. I don't know if they consider Pennsylvania the rust belt, but it fucking might as well be. Well, I, Western, I, Western PA is. I mean, yeah. it has to be. Yeah. yeah I'm, and I'm Southwestern Pennsylvania, but you drive around, there's so many freaking factories that are just empty. Like, I'm not talking it's one or two here and there. I mean, every single freaking town, there is an enormous factory. And what's it doing? Sitting there empty, cobwebs, all the windows are broken, busted. And this shows in our trade deficit, I keep up with this frequently because I listen to the Peter Schiff podcast and also I just constantly watch a number. Um, Had a record high under Trump, 14 year high, did worse on trade than Obama. And then Biden gets in, we just broke that again in uh, the month of October, it was a $93.2 billion trade deficit. So we're almost, you know, a trillion dollars in the hole. And yeah, there's a lot to that picture, but at the same time, when we printed 40% of all US dollars in the last year, and all everybody did was just go on a shopping spree. Well, what the hell do you think could happen? Um, this kind of gets to another point, though. It's funny when you said controlled opposition earlier, because this light bulb kind of went off. And I've thought this for quite a while. But the more and more you look at Trump and his presidency, to me, it just seemed like controlled opposition. Because everything that went across his desk, he signed. Um, Every time he tried to play tough and pump up his chest, he backed down right away. Um, you look at the stimulus bills, he was complaining about all the pork in them. What'd he do? He signed them. He just tried to take out, you know, like a couple million dollars here, a couple million dollars there. And then, you know, was a proponent of lockdowns and champion vaccines. And as I said earlier, 40% of all US dollars were printed within the last year. And then Joe Biden wins. And then now all this shit is now hitting the fan under Joe Biden. So, and what's Trump doing? He got kicked off everything. He's, you know, eating McDonald's down Mar-a-Lago or whatever. I, I don't see the populist hero that everybody else sees. I just see a dude who every chance he had to do something great flopped. He's an old school New York Democrat. Yep. That's exactly what he is. He's an old school New York Democrat who hates the woke stuff. Yep, that's it. Hates the entrenched yeah. politicians. Hates the the Chuck Schumers and hates the. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's he's basically Glenn Greenwald. I mean, without you know, without the without the commie economics, mm-hmm. he's basically Glenn Greenwald. I mean, really, <laughs> it's kind of hard to not see when you uh-huh. when you think about the stuff that he says and about the some of the. I mean, and think about how many like socialist things actually came out of his mouth where he oh was my like, god oh yeah. my wait a minute what, 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 what we're going i mean even economic I'm, I'm talking about economic stuff mostly mm-hmm. but yeah i mean he was 
I don't know that he was controlled opposition. I think he was in over his head. I think that if anything, Trump, one of the things that Trump can really prove to anyone is that the left is in charge. The yeah. left is in charge, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I tried, I was recording with uh, somebody yesterday who said that their most of their um, audience was boomers. Um, and boomer cons and conservatives or conservatives, you know, right wingers. Yeah. And so, you know, I just put on my conservative, my conservative hat and had a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. If, and I told them, I said, Trump got nothing done. And if your response to that is, well, the whole Russiagate thing, the press, mm -hmm. they were from the first day, it's like, yeah, the left is in charge. Think They're about what you just of, said. Yeah. Yeah. The government, uh, the media, uh, corporate media, the academy and big tech the left is in charge all right so how do you expect to you're <laughs> you're you're not going to vote your way out of this mm -hmm. yeah and i say that and i love saying that because people are like oh you talk about voting all the time i'm talking about local elections i'm not talking right. about i'm not even talking about state elections i'm talking about local elections and if you think that local you know, voting in your local election and voting in the 202 area code are the same thing. You're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just a fucking idiot. I mean, I don't know how to. I, I, my fucking Bronx comes out so much when I think about these fucking idiots. I mean, it's so fucking stupid. It's like, it's like you're trying to play gotcha here with mm -hmm. somebody who has, who's like two standard deviations higher IQ than you. And I can think <laughs> on the fly much better than you. Stop. Just mm -hmm. stop. I mean, seriously, um, the left is in charge. And then yeah. you have these fucking Lalbert fucking, and I'm not even talking about like the, the Rothbardian Lalberts. I'm talking about the Lalbert. Oh, I know the, exactly who you're the talking who, about. The people who run the LP in your state. Um, those, oh. those, yeah. Those guys who are like, and, and they think this is a gotcha. Mm -hmm. Well, you hate the left more than the state. The left is the state. Yeah, that's like a distinction without a difference. It, it is yeah. a distinction without a difference. Yeah, I mean, it, the left is the state. So why wouldn't I hate the left? I mean, I hate, you know, when fucking, when I was, I became a libertarian, what, 2007? So I had a year of Bush. Mm -hmm. Do you think I was a Bush fan for that year? When I realized in 2007, when I heard Ron Paul, when Ron Paul explained why 9-11 happened and why the terror wars were happening and all of this, do you think I was a Bush fan after that? I wasn't a Bush fan up until that. I voted for Bush, and then um, because he sounded like, like you know, what I thought Thomas Jefferson might sound like, you know, humble foreign policy. You know, mm -hmm. let's be friends with let's be friends with everybody. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. You know, I'd read a book on Thomas Jefferson in the '90s, and it stuck with me and everything like that. Now I think Thomas Jefferson was a raging leftist. He should be hung. We should have been hung. But the um, thrown out of a helicopter. Yeah, but the <laughs> but you know it's like when yeah I, I didn't. And I, I didn't hate Obama. Um, mm. I just hated everything he, he stood for. Um, so I guess I did hate him, um, especially when he's just, he just immediately starts off with droning, you know, with drone bombs you know, the first day he's in office and everything. Mm. Um, but I mean, I wasn't the only reason I was rooting for Trump is in anything. I would defend Trump when people were lying against him, but I would f go right. fucking after him when he was wrong. Well, you know, exactly. And, and, that's, I, and, yeah. and there were things about Obama that I like praised. Mm -hmm. you know, there were things that Obama did that were really good. I mean, the JCPOA was great. I mean, it was the Iran deal was the one of the best mm -hmm. things 
it was probably the best thing that Obama ever did. Right. You know, and Trump took it apart. And, and that's there's a, there's a perfect example. There's a yin yang. Mm-hmm. I, I loved Obama for doing that and hated Trump for for doing what he did with it. Right. And this goes back to the Scott Horton thing, attack the right from the right and the left from the left. Um, it seems like presidents mostly went on being anti-war, but then we get more of the same essentially every single time. And it's I hate I hate sounding like a leftist when I bitch about Trump, but it's because he wasn't conservative enough, because he wasn't anti-war enough. And because if he really was everything that he said he was, and if the economy was really as great as he said it would be, COVID would have been like, uh, you know, whatever. We got a little germ, we'll be all right. People would have savings. Uh, We wouldn't be worried about it. But it went to show the underlying weakness and pop the bubble of, well, really, COVID wasn't necessarily the uh the killer that the left would have you believe and you had covid i had covid i remember you said it was it was pretty rough if i recall mm-hmm. correctly but obviously you're right. fine you overcame it yeah i'd rather i'd rather had that than have a friggin' needle in my arm and right right seeing, seeing um, perfectly healthy athletes mm-hmm. you know having to not do their jobs because their hearts are inflamed now and i wonder how that happened yeah yeah they're talking about a uptick in heart rate or uh heart attacks and i believe that's not just the uh (laughs) you know the thing that's being pushed out i think it's also because we told everybody stay home and you know no matter what you do if you even if you get physically fit you're going to get this and die and (laughs) i i shouldn't say this but i I pretty much should come out and say it on publicly but i did have covid and i went to work which okay i I shouldn't have did it but nobody knew not a single person knew and the caveat being here is that everybody at my work was either vaccinated or had it literally everybody not a single person in my workplace did not get it or had a vaccine and well here's something that here's something every leftist should be happy about when i had covid i went out too mm -hmm. but i made sure to wear a mask I, yeah, I did too as well. So it's like, well, I mean, hey, masks are, you know, masks save you, right? I mean, they're, they're important, <laughs> right? So you yeah. can't complain about me going out wearing a mask. And I actually mm-hmm. wore the blue ones. I wasn't wearing my fake one, you know, because I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to get anyone sick, you know? So. Right. And that was the exact same way I felt. And I did try not to get close to people and a little I was dancing with people (laughs) (laughs) there was a a lot of things kind of going on at that time and I'm like look if I if I come out and tell people that I got COVID then this is just it's really gonna fuck a lot of it's gonna be a thing it's gonna turn yeah and and like for me literally all it was was three days I felt a little under the weather and then I woke up that Monday and I felt perfectly fine but I couldn't taste anything for a week that was it that was Mm it for me i still worked out did everything i normally do didn't change a single thing you know and it's it's sad to see that they don't tell people well you know if you treat yourself a little bit better i actually had a co-worker this week pass away regrettably and this dude he was 67 years old a year away from retiring and covid ripped through my shop and thank god just about everybody was okay this guy he came into work like they said he looked 
he was shaking. Dude could hardly walk. It's like, dude, at that point, probably like a couple of days ago, as soon as you started feeling symptoms, he went through chemo and stuff too. You should probably got looked at, dude. You should have did something because you didn't. It didn't have to be this way. Monoclonal just, antibodies or oh, something. Oh yeah, something. Just try try anything at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's sad that he unfortunately passed away just because I don't want to say it was negligent. I'm not trying to say anything bad about him, but it's like didn't have to be this way you know so it's it's fucked up Um, i mean i got the flu um i got the flu the week before it was two weeks before the tom woods 2000 and i immediately noticed something um something was wrong i got it when i was in new york for the scott horton debate and i came back and i'm like oh there's my, my throat's getting sore and um i still had some of that um hcq stuff you know what i'm talking about and i'm like i'm like okay let's see what happens here so i just did the regimen for five Mm -hmm. days it was five days it was gone Um, i don't know if it was now my fiance got it too and she didn't start the hcq right away Mm -hmm. and it lasted a whole lot longer for her okay Um, so i'm wondering and i never lost sense of taste or smell and it was just a flu I mean, it, there was none of the symptoms that I had when I, in July, when I had the, um, you know, I just had sore throat, stuffy mm-hmm. nose, some muscle ache yeah. and, um, it's just a regular flu and the, the HCQ, I'm pretty sure that's what knocked it out. I didn't take anything else. Right. And, um, so I'm trying to keep some of that stuff on hand for anything in the future. <laughs> Anytime oh, something man. goes south. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like that's what, um, yeah seems like that's something mm. something that uh does a good job you gotta take it with zinc though but yeah yeah um there was something i wanted to ask you about too you've talked a lot about hoppa and i i'm gonna get flack from so many people i know if i say this but i'm just not that familiar with hoppa um mm-hmm. i'm more so versed in more current day people like i said earlier peter schiff ron paul obviously mm-hmm. you know you guys um kind of elaborate on you really talk about what must be done and uh the ten thousand Lichtensteins. i'm really interested in that and that seems to really strike a chord with you so what about that is so, like why does that mean so much to you i guess the question well i've i read what must be done for the first time like six or seven years ago mm-hmm. read it again three years ago and it made sense to me um the strategy that he was employing unfortunately it really didn't make sense to me until COVID started Mm -hmm. and you started noticing federalism kicking in some states were like screw this and then i had people contact me in areas they're like no one around here has worn a mask ever you know Mm -hmm. so it was like so i'm like all right so smaller more local um read some ted kaczynski <laughs> and <laughs> ted kaczynski and inspired me to um really i understood it wasn't until i read him that i understood why a lot of people chose a way to fight the state and what the state was becoming even before covid by moving more rural mm-hmm. and growing their own food um you know, Ted wants to take us back to the bronze age, bronze age, basically, and 
Yeah, no one wants to go there. But in lieu of that, people started moving out. And just the combination of what must be done, reading Democracy, the God that failed a few times, mm-hmm. and the idea of the smaller, the better, the more manageable, um, that, you know, getting to anarcho-capitalism is, you know, it may be, a, it, I mean, it's a fool's errand in this lifetime, in the lifetime mm-hmm. of, if you have kids, it's not, it's just not going to happen. But there is the chance of having libertarianish cities. Um, we, Andrew likes to call them, Andrew from Property Liberty likes to call them private cities mm-hmm. where most things would be privatized. Um, the government would run more like a business, more like an investment firm kind of thing to, I mean, literally like cover run cover for state taxes and even federal taxes at a certain to a certain point um it's also a way to get leftists to leave i mean mm-hmm. you know, to drive them out i mean they're yeah. i'm sorry they're cancer i mean they're a cancer they cannot yeah. you know true believers true believer leftists cannot be allowed to be anywhere near what you're building if you're if if your idea is to um you know, have a private city start mm-hmm. privatizing things but you know hoppa talking about you know get some libertarians in key places start talking about the only people who can vote are people who are net taxpayers um that mm-hmm. if you're a politician you can't vote if any if your income comes from the government comes from taxpayer money you you have no say it's just it's a it's a conflict it's a conflict of interest mm-hmm. for you to have have a say in anything anymore as far as voting goes and everything if you're existing off of if you're a parasite you're a parasite sorry mm-hmm. and it was the only when i read it again i read it a few times in the last you know 20 months to me it's not going to work everywhere <laughs> It's not going to work in New York City, right? Um, but it'll it'll work in smaller smaller areas, locations, and it can start to fan out. People start seeing it working. Other locations will start to want to adopt it, and um, I honestly think it's really the only way to push back against this tyranny that I don't think is going to stop. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that COVID's not going to go away. I honestly think that for the most part in most places in the world and in most cities in the United States, COVID will go away. I think the big cities are going to keep it because people who live there love it. All right. They, they love the tyranny. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think climate change is coming next and they're already doing a push for that. And I honestly think that this is the only way it takes, you know, you look at something like a, a country like Switzerland and they came out of two world wars basically unscathed. I don't think they've even anyone's raised a rifle for Switzerland in over 300 years. And they're just small. They're not a threat to anybody. And they trade with everybody. And they you know, pretty much have an open trade policy for pretty much anyone, a business policy for anyone. And um, Liechtenstein's the same way. Liechtenstein, I mean, basically Hans Adams has his own company, has his own corporation. Um, 
I just think that, that this is the way forward. And the whole parasites, you know, just people becoming politicians because they know that it can get them something, mm-hmm. that has to go away. And I honestly think that the only way that that can start is it has to start locally. It's not going to, mm-hmm. it, it's not a top down thing. It'll be a bottom up thing and it'll have to be a movement. It'll have to be something that becomes infectious. A couple places do it and people are like, it sounds really good. Let's do that too. Mm-hmm. And I think it can grow, but you know, it's going to, it also gives legitimacy to using force. You know, if you mm-hmm. have a sheriff and you have a police department that, um, are willing to go up against the feds. Well, that's better than a bunch of overweight, you know, 50 balding 50 year olds with, with ARs, you know, with $600 ARs, Mm -hmm. you know, going up against the feds. Well, the guys in the uniforms have a little bit of legitimacy. Right. So this, I feel like that's absolutely true. It's, because even tyranny kind of plays out this way. And I've read Ordinary Men and I've looked up, you know, how these totalitarian states essentially happen. And it's never necessarily Ordinary Men's pretty down. crazy, huh? Yeah, all those cops, yeah. that, all, all those cops that came in, all those bullets that were used, huh? Mm-hmm. You just slowly push people just a little bit and they don't, they never regain that ground. You know, you get people to start doing one little thing and it just... It progresses over time before and you know jordan peterson always brings up the example it's uh these ordinary guys just eventually become people who take naked pregnant women out into the field and put a bolt right in the back of their brain well i think that that can happen the opposite way too where it can be a non-linear or exponential improvement the opposite way where if you start doing this local approach where you make your town more free and you're getting along with all the local police and you kind of tell these guys like, Hey, you really don't want to enforce any of these laws. And like, we don't want you to have to do any of this stuff. It doesn't have to go down like that. It's probably a good idea. And this kind of goes back to the whole Lulbert thing, but people who scream and say, all police are bad people because they enforce bad laws. Well, if you approach it that way and treat every single cop that way, you're never going to make any progress. You're never going to get anywhere. And anybody who's a right winger is going to just immediately shut you out. They're going to, they don't care what you have to say at that point because they're ready to lick the boot as soon as the boot's on. (laughs) Well, you also, when you talk about the police, when you criticize the police, you have to criticize them from the right. Mm -hmm. Like um, this Scott Greer character who's been going back and forth with Dave on Twitter. I've enjoyed that very much. Yeah. I mean, I was, I kept retweeting him and I was completely attacking him from the right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who makes, who writes these laws? Who wrote all these laws? It was Democrats. The police are out there enforcing laws written by Democrats. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? You know, no answer. And it, I mean, that is, and that's literally true. It's literally true. Yeah. Laws on the books, I and mean, even even local laws. I mean, most of the local laws are just adopted from somewhere else. I mean, most of these laws were written in the 1930s. So many of them are just absolutely shred the Constitution. Oh, absolutely, they were written by Democrats in the 30s, and these 
the right, the police are out there, you know, and you use red herrings like, oh, you want, the, you know, libertarians just want to defund the police. It's like, no, we want to end the police and make it so that you can like hire people to like do the job for you because it would be really nice if you could fire people. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when people know they can be fired, they actually do the job better. But yeah. even, even in the, um, and here's another way to attack the right from the right on the police. You don't have to talk about ending the police. You can just start the conversation with, how do you think we can make a, a policeman's job safer? Okay, yes. Now, this is a point I've talked about, and it's going to sound all, almost contradictory, but just follow me along here. Sure. I've, I've often said that libertarians are technically the most pro-police people, which sounds ridiculous, but when you start breaking it down, we believe that these people, if you know, given the agency over their job and the ability to be fired, they would do the right thing, right? If we held them accountable for their actions, then they would not do the things that they do. So we believe that police can be better and that they can do their job safer if given, you know, full agency over what they do. But right now with qualified immunity or them having to enforce these ridiculous laws, um, their job isn't safe. So that's kind of the way I always look at it. And I've had some people kind of look at me a little funny and it sounds like I said, counterintuitive, but if you want to attack the right from the right, then you say, yes, I'm pro police, but I'm pro private police. You know, we should be able to hire these people in our local neighborhoods. You and, you know, whoever's in your little area here, you know, you guys throw a couple bucks together and say, hey, this guy can ride around his Ford Explorer. And if you see some funky shit going on, then he can, you know, call it out or take care of it. Well, I mean, I think that one of the easiest ways to, um, to, when you talk about, okay, how do we make policing more safe for them take away the most dangerous stuff that they do mm -hmm. you know and you start farming that out to other people you know the more power you take away from the police and you know if you can convince right wing the right that you know taking power away oh they really shouldn't be doing this you know maybe we should have you know this would be this could easily be done by someone that we hire or something like that the more power you take away from the police, the closer you get to anarchy because mm -hmm. the people are going to have to, you're going to have to repeal gun laws because people are now going to have to be able to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, you're going to, you know, I always, my idea for um, like traffic, you know, because traffic stops are, you know, one of the main ways that they, you know, the, the, my, my fiance is a, a former public defender and I mean, she has, she hates the whole the whole sniff thing you know it's like oh i smell weed because she knows that that's just a way for um for them to what what um rayford davis former police officer says you build the stop you figure out one thing to stop them for and then it's like okay, okay now we got to build it and um mm -hmm. i smell weed what's that in the back seat do you have a gun things like that and you know i mean say best buy all right, Best Buy is in charge of this highway now. And Best Buy says, okay, the speed limit is going to be 65 miles an hour. It's going to be, it, it's going to be um, dictated by, by, by a gun and by camera. And we're going to take care, we're going to take a picture of your license plate and whoever that license plate is, um, is registered to, that person's insurance is going to get hit we're going to take we're not going to go after them for money their mm -hmm. insurance company is going to pay the 250 fine now 
Well, first of all, the person who owns that car is going to be really careful about who they lend it to and everything. And second of all, now you've taken police out of the out of the equation altogether. Mm-hmm. Now you've put it in, in, you know, like Bob Murphy in chaos theory. Bob Murphy's whole theory of how you would run a, a anarcho-capitalist society is everybody would have to carry insurance. And that would be um, the insurance. And the more you get out of line, the more times, you know, if somebody doesn't want to show up to, to court, you hit them on their insurance and then their insurance premiums go through the roof. You know, basically that's the way you control them. There are so many ways. I mean, so, I mean, if cops have so many, I mean, I've seen, we've all seen the videos of, you know, cops in pulling over the wrong guy and everything like that. And they get, yeah, they end up dead. Or I remember mm-hmm. there was one that was really, really horrifying to me was they pulled over a guy in a pickup truck and he got out with an ak oh yeah shooting and remember he's he's screaming shoot me shoot me he was he was doing suicide by cop but he was still like lighting this police car up and everything Mm -hmm. you know it's like no reason police need to be out there for that kind of thing i mean those people people like that i mean they'll be more apt to go in the woods and take care of themselves than go and do something like that. You know, I'm still, um, I'm still convinced that Joseph Rosenbaum Mm -hmm. was, you know, failed suicide attempt, got thrown in a um, mental institution, got let out that day. He went looking for suicide by cop, but there was no cops around. So he went suicide by 17 year old. I mean, that's what I, I'm, yeah, it's plausible. It's plausible. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote that the other day. It was funny as I wrote that the other day and in the morning on a sub stack. And then that night, Ro- Rogan released this episode with Tim Pool, and Rogan actually said that. He said, it almost seemed like suicide by cop. I'm like, God damn it, don't read my stuff. You know? <laughs> but um, there's so many things. I think there are so many things that the right, you could really lead the right on the police about. Mm-hmm. If you just came at it from a, a direction of caring and really come on. I, I don't, yeah. I don't like, I don't like seeing dead cops. No. I mean, yeah. And you know, there, there are some people who are like, you know, there, there are some huge hypocrites out there who are like, um, like, Oh, Oh, he's Rittenhouse was a, um, Rittenhouse was a cop sucker. You know, he wanted to be a cop. He was in the cadets and everything like that. I'm not going to back him, but Johnny Hurley, the guy who literally saved cops' lives, mm-hmm. he's he's okay. You know, let, let's lionize him. It's like, wait a minute, do you like cops or don't you like cops? <laughs> it's like, you pick one. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, but libertarian. I mean, I used to be one of those people. I used to be one of those people who called cops pigs and call, you know, it was like you know, you know, Chris Dorner, you know, Chris Dorner fan club kind of stuff, <laughs> and you know. The people that Chris Dorner, those cops that Chris Dorner went after fucking deserved it. I'm sorry. Those people destroy, destroy his fucking life. Um, but, you know, cops, I mean, I, I, I've always said, I, I've said in the last few years, I think the problem with policing is that no human being can really do that job. Mm-hmm. Everything that they're asked to do. I think that it just leads them down a path. And if you're in a small town and you're a cop in a small town and pretty much, you know, say a lot, a good part of the population you went to school with, I don't think you're going to have that. Yeah. I don't think your life is that hard. And I don't think that that's that cop's going to have, but mm-hmm. that's not the majority of cops. The majority of cops in this country are in urban areas that they don't even live in. 
-hmm. So the people who live in those areas almost look at them as like an invading army. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I think yeah. we, people can police their own neighborhoods. Yeah, you know what? I, um, I never really thought about that all that much. But yeah, honestly, my individual experience with police generally is actually pretty good because I live in, you know, small towns all throughout here in Pennsylvania. And generally, if you're not really a dick, you're usually pretty good about it. And even people who are dicks, usually let you off. You know, but if you want to scream in their face and tell them, you know, do you have a warrant? I need to speak to my lawyer. Getting stupid with them. It's like you're, you're really not doing yourself any favors. And it's not to say that cops have the right to, you know, haul you out of the car and put a bullet in your skull it, just because you're an asshole. But, you know, you got to think about the fact that they do have the potential to do that. And there mm -hmm. are some fucked up cops who absolutely will do that. But you know if you know your sheriff you know your local cops i don't see a downside to telling them you know just having a good relationship with them that's the way i am around sure. my house i used to have parties in my garage all the time and the fucking cop came up one day and said dude i'd be in there partying with you right now if i wasn't working i just need you to turn it down a little bit man well, <laughs> i've lived i've lived in this town now for going on four months and it's population 26 27 thousand mm -hmm. i've seen the cops maybe three times yeah you know i'm it's just it's it's in the urban areas it's in the it's in the cities mm -hmm. you know which is another reason to just give people ample time to get out and then bomb them make them uninhabitable <laughs> well you know what you um i was listening to a show you did with matt erickson and this goes back to the idea that libertarians more so need to, you know, live and deal with reality as it is right now. You kind of do have to crush cancer as it comes, you know, if you have your Liechtenstein and things are going great and you see people start coming in, even though there's no incentive for them to come, but, you know, you see people who are coming in, bringing in the woke stuff and, you know, want to start getting on the school board and dictating what's being taught to your kids or whatever, sometimes maybe the principles need to be bent a little bit. So that way, you know, you can look at, you know, what the end is. And that's not to say you go, you know, on a shooting rampage as soon as they start coming towards your school. But it, if you, uh, you need to give them a reason not to hang around essentially is kind of what I think. Well, I mean, it's, it, it comes back to this. Okay. If you want to live in a, does a liberal society is a liberal society going to devolve into totalitarianism at some point classical liberalism it's going to hmm. i mean you allow communism to be so oh, we get free speech so let's start teaching communism you know let's start i mean okay <laughs> i mean okay i mean if you know if you believe honestly believe that most people at this point have you know or a lot of people have egalitarian tendencies then communism and socialism and all that stuff is you know the wokeism which is just basically puritanism which is basically um do-gooder do-gooder stuff oh there's this oppressed person over here we need to anyone who says anything that could possibly be 
um, offensive to them. We need to shut them down. And they're a Nazi and everything. Why would you, if your goal is to let people live free, to let people don't hurt, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. <laughs> fucking retarded. Um, I mean, it's so, I mean, I love bumper stickers as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. Just keep them away from me. Um, but if, if you want to live in a society where Austrian economics is the um, the default and human flourishing is the default, why would you let these people exist in your society? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, and that's what Hoppe gets so much crap for. Cause you know, he talks, he said, you know, and you know, that he's walked it back once in a, in a thing with Michael Malice, but if he wants to walk it back, it's fine. I'm not going to walk it back. I mean, they need to be physically removed. They yeah. are they are a cancer on what you're doing there. Why would you allow it? Why would you allow why would you allow them to if you've built something that you think is that good, that amazing, that free and liberating and so much better than what you've had before, especially if you're of the of the um, generation that remembers the before times. Why would you allow it to happen? I mean, I'm sorry, you know, and it sounds, people want to say, that sounds fascist because you're going to shut down people's thoughts. Oh, they can have the thoughts. They just can't talk about them. Sorry. I'm, they can't teach them. Sorry. You can't have those thoughts in this general area. And no. like, like you said, it sounds like people are going to say, oh, you're being fascistic. You know, you're shutting down free speech. We don't want that to be facilitated here. If, if our goal is Ancapistan, if our goal is to have this, I don't want to say utopia, but this area where we can all be free and maintain freedom, then anything that's antithetical to that, it may need to be removed by force and it may need to get ugly if need be. But, you know, like, hey, this is our area. And if you're not willing to be a part of this and maintain it with us, we don't want you. Yeah. And if you don't want to leave, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, my buddy Andrews offered to pay him to leave. You know, if you, especially if you have the anti-tax fund and everything like that, yeah, offer to pay him to leave. They don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not anything I want. I don't like violence and violence is, violence yeah. is terrible. But I mean, we've seen what 250 years of liberalism allowing people to teach what they want and allowing, you know, electing people who clearly are spouting things antithetical to the freedom and liberty that we talked about in the Declaration of Independence. Sorry. I mean, sorry. I just... It's not going to, I mean, I'm, um, if I can ever get, get a town, I don't know if it's, I doubt it'll be this town, but another town we may move to or something, Mm -hmm. um, to adopt, start adopting and going in the direction I want. And yeah, it's something that I'm going to definitely be talking about and, you know, behind the scenes, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in front of, I don't want to be elected. I don't want to be. I want to be the person pulling the strings. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could probably start wrapping up here, but uh, 
I kind of wanted it on a little bit more of a positive note. I was talking to Shane about sure. this yesterday. Um, Hazel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really, really think that within the next three years, there is a huge opportunity for liberty for this kind of message. And I don't know if you share the same optimism. I know you joke with uh, Mark on your podcast about uh, being Dr. Doom pill, or Dr. Black pill or whatever. But uh, I really think that the appetite for a lot of the stuff that we're seeing coming out from you know, the cathedral and the corporate press, just a lot of people don't care anymore. And if there is one good thing about Trump is that he woke a lot of people up to the corporate press and called them out for what they are. I think that in 2022, 2024, there is just this huge opportunity for somebody to do things the right way. And I do like the Mises caucus take. I don't know if that'll be successful. Um, Though Bishop and Eric Brakey talking about, you know, the GOP stuff. I don't know that that's feasible, but if it works, it works. Um, you know, do, do you share the same optimism or are you a little bit more reserved, a little bit more pessimistic? You know, what's kind of your outlook? I'm positive. I'm very positive for local localism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very positive. If you live in a red area that you can you know, if you construct the way to get the message out there, like, you know, Tho has, and a lot of the people in the Free State Project have, then um, I think that there is, there's hope. I, I think that the GOP is not, you know, people who try to say that the GOP, and when I say the GOP, I'm not talking about politicians, I'm talking about the normal people on the ground, you know, your your neighbor and everything. I don't think those are the same people they don't have the same thoughts if they were a republican in 2008 i don't think they have the same thoughts i think they've been the average one has been woken up to you know they may think that the election was stolen um you know they may think that things are getting so bad that you know voting is just a joke you should wouldn't worry about it I think talking about a local message to those people, I think it's, I think they'll be very open to it. They'll be very, they'll, if they're not open to it and they don't accept it, they'll listen to you. I think that that's one thing. I think the GOP now is more open to listen to a Liberty message. You come at them with some leftist bullshit. You come at, that's why, that's why the libertarian, the left, the quote unquote left libertarians, and these people are not left libertarians. No, they're not. I know, I know left libertarians that I mean, I can have on my show and talk to, but these, I mean, the people who like own the people who run the LP in your state, these are not, these, you don't want these people. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. These people are not the people that you would, um, they're going to appeal to the left. Yeah. They would never, they would seem, they would sooner die or, you know, be deprived of their transition hormones to um, <laughs> then talk to somebody on the right. Mm-hmm. And the right has always been, on the whole, has always been more open to the libertarian message than the left has. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it pains me to say that because I... I work with so many boomer cons and just understanding where they're at. It, it pains me to agree, but I have to agree because it's absolutely true. 
you know, like we kind of said throughout the show, it's uh, the leftism is cancer. And these people do not have the same goal. They want the welfare state. Um, they, they don't care about that. Oh, the, the, but boomer cons want their social security, and that's the <laughs> same as so. That's the same as communism. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, we, we could agree on that, but you know, it's like, let's, I mean, all right. So technically, yeah, sure, right? Wh why, why would you bring that up to them? Right. You know, why would you? You know, that was one of Jacob Hornberger's biggest fucking mistakes last year. Yeah. Was, um hey let's open we need open borders and we need to get rid of social security and leading with stuff like that during yeah. during a pandemic like during the point of the pandemic where <laughs> you have no idea what's going on i mean you know yeah. still that you know a lot of us were still washing our hands all the time and stuff like that mm -hmm. you know um this, some of us were worried and everything i got over it really quick i was just like this is this isn't about health this is about tyranny yeah um, yeah, but I, I mean, there was a good week there that um, a friend of mine sent me like the surgeon scrub for your hands, the stuff mm -hmm. that they use and everything. And I used it for like three days and I'm like, all right, this is totally drying out my skin. I don't even know what it's doing and everything. And I tried to use gloves and I was just like, if I get sick, I get sick. <laughs> I was just like, if I get sick, I was like, it like literally was like four mm -hmm. days and I was just like, I'm done with this, you know? And then, um, but, you know, he's, has, has this message of open at, at that time he has a message of yeah. open borders and ending social security one everyone believes that this is cut that came from another country and two they're shutting everything down and you want to take people's only means some people's only means you want to talk about taking some people's only means of survival away from them kind of death yeah, i mean did you ever play risk i mean you could just just play risk a little bit and you could just learn a little bit of strategy you know i mean just it's just an example of somebody who hates to write who hates to write more than than they um they hate the left and it's yeah. like who's in charge mm -hmm. i mean the person in the white house you know donald trump was never in charge so people can't get over it people cannot get over the fact that he for four he was president for four years and he never had any real power yeah honestly yeah i i <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute white and then a white pill yeah, yeah. Man, local politics <laughs> I, I think, I think that was a yeah, good yeah, shift yeah. that was a good shift yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but but local i mean i i honestly think that local politics is the way i think that mm -hmm. especially in predominantly red areas mm -hmm. areas that went for trump areas that you know vote red well you know it's funny it, uh, to to complement that point to the boomer cons credit and it, it pains me to say that just because i've been told by these people how, how great trump was but leaving that aside they do have a very very strong insistence on voting so to complement your point if you got somebody up there that's you know, a liberty-minded GOP guy that wants to bring about this Liechtenstein in your local community, they're totally open to it, man. You know, yeah. it's, you run can go for it. Mm -hmm. Runs, run, I mean, a libertarian for mayor, libertarians for DA. Well, you know, it's funny, there actually is a, uh, and she, she hates using this term, but over in Austin, uh, she got elected mayor 
as yeah, I a, saw her on I saw her on Twitter talking about you know asking for for advice and stuff like that and I kept like linking Andrew from Popular Liberty to her and everything uh, like that Andrew talk to her about the anti-tax Andrew talk to her about the anti-tax yeah she's uh she's definitely a solid libertarian and she is a uh, Mises caucus woman I didn't want to say guy but <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, you always see these people bragging about the, all the elected libertarians in Pennsylvania because I believe we do have the most elected libertarians, but they're not. You know, it's like, you know, order of elections, a constable here or there, but they brag about this molten maneuver, which is basically just running libertarians in either uncontested races or races that seem winnable. I guess we'll see. You know what good that does them. I think you know it, it's it's going to play out one way or another. But I don't, you know, I don't know what to expect, but I, I've said it on other shows that if these people aren't kind of living up to the expectations, then we need to, you know, shoo them out of here. And if there's even a liberty-minded GOP guy, get in there. If there's a liberty-minded Democrat that's actually good on things, go, go. Yeah, I mean, there are some libertarians out there that I would definitely, I'd vote for the Democrat before I'd vote for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just how bad they are. If, I mean, it's, if it's like a even close to like an old school blue dog Democrat or something like that. I'd, I'd rather vote for them than some of the libertarians out there. I mean, some of the libertarians, they're just not realistic. They mm -hmm. don't want power. And if they had power, when they get power, they wouldn't know what to do with it. So mm -hmm. it's like, why well, I'm, you know, what, what's the point? You know, yeah. Kick the can down the road a little bit. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll wrap on that. I think that is a little bit of a better note rather than telling everybody they're going to die or something like that. <laughs> Uh, Pete, go ahead and plug your stuff, brother. Uh, Freeman Beyond the Wall podcast, uh, managing editor at your Libertarian Institute, uh, Substack by any memes necessary. And if you ever want to, you know, find out about how, in theory, how anarchism would work, uh, me and a couple friends of mine did a documentary that's on Amazon Prime called The Monopoly on Violence. And uh, a lot of people who have watched it said it came out really good. So, yeah. You know, I haven't checked that out yet, so I'm going to have to do that. And I actually want to talk about that, but we could do that uh, some other time. Um, Pete, it was awesome to have you on, and uh, I'm glad we finally got to chat. So uh, until next time, everybody, in liberty and health. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.